0: good to be here and I really like it here I really do I get the chance to travel around the world and sometimes I'm in churches where I think oh my goodness do you know what I mean oh my goodness I cannot wait to get back to my wife and uh, I was really I was really glad and I really sensed the presence of God this morning did anyone else sense God's presence here Wonderful. So, um, my wife's called Tamsin, and I've got two kids, Jordan and Kezia. And uh, a little while ago, Tamsin got the whole family together. Now, we knew that it was a big deal because she'd got scented candles. When Tamsin brings the scented candles out, then it's big. And uh, she'd cooked this amazing meal And the atmosphere was brilliant, the lighting was wonderful, and she just wanted to celebrate us as a family. And she'd put on some Bethel worship music, and it was all kind of lovely, and we were all there having this food. But my son decided to say something to my daughter, which I found a bit offensive, and it upset my daughter. Now, I decided that that would be the moment where I needed to get across the table and explain to my son that he doesn't talk to my daughter like that. He then gets up and says, well, I hate this family. I'm leaving this family. I like to say, sit down, shut up, eat your food, yeah? And then we're shouting at each other. Then my daughter says, dad, leave him alone. I'm like, hold on. I'm doing this for you. We're then starting to argue. Then my wife is, oh, it was horrible. And my wife's like, shout. It's like, oh, I wanted this to be so good. And it's an absolute disaster. We're all shouting, it's horrible. And then there's this little pause. And the Bethel worship music just plays <laughs> <blaze> through, yeah. <laughs> and my wife just turns and says, not now, Jesus not now, yeah, and I thought, wow, isn't that awesome, not now, Jesus, not now, yeah, and uh, I'm sure we can all relate to that, when moments in our life where we're like, seriously, Jesus, not now, yeah, this is not a good time for you to show up, and uh, that's cool, and um, I'm Scottish, but my wife's English and my kids are English and that's always normally fine except one point in the in, in the diary and that is when England are, are playing in the World Cup at football. Because I, I try my best because cause my, cause my wife's English, my kids are English, my son is supporting England and I am like trying to support England in the football. And yes, and uh, <gasps> And normally it's fine. It's normally fine because normally England get knocked out fairly early. And, uh, but obviously last year was a disaster for me because England did incredibly well and got to the semi final of the World Cup and were playing against Croatia. And I was like, oh, doing my best come on England and uh, trying to support them doing my best and then I decided on the morning of the game England versus Croatia I decided to phone my dad now my dad's a minister in Scotland and I phoned him up and I says dad are you supporting England tonight and my son said my dad said son all of us Scottish churches are singing I am A new Croatian. And I thought, wow. I am a new Croatian. Wow. The unity just oozing out of them right there. I was like, anyway. But of course, it was all good because you got beat. And then that was fine. (laughs) I want to read a few words from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Really well-known words. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And the Bible says this in verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres love never fails love never fails we're going to look at this for a few minutes Um, I don't know if there's anyone in the room who would be willing to admit who the best driver is in their house. I don't know if there's anyone, any man that's willing to say, you know what, my wife is a better driver than me. No, there's none. No one right across the room, not one guy is willing to do that. Well, listen, I have got to be honest and say, I have got to be honest and say, that I am not a great driver, right? My wife is a better driver than me. Now it's quite funny because I had planned to say this and when I came in today, the guy who was helping me park the car, you know he said, I'll look away when you're, when you're backing in, yeah? And it was so funny because I was telling him that actually there have been really embarrassing moments where I have turned up at churches. I am the visiting speaker, the minister and his team have been in the car park saying your space is there and I've had to get out the car and let my wife park the car that is quite embarrassing isn't it and my my wife's a better driver than me and uh, we used to live in Barnsley when I lived in Barnsley I used to live in this place and it was a very tight car park at the back and uh, Tamsin was in the car. She was steering. I was in the passenger seat. She's trying to get out this tight spot. And I just went, Oh, Tamsin, watch the blue car. Watch the blue car. And my wife turned to me and she says, I am well aware of the car. And then boom, she smacked right into it. And I was like, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. For 28 years, I just sit there going, I am aware of the car, yeah? It's like being the best thing that's ever happened. But you see, the truth is there are good drivers and there are bad drivers. And I felt like really stirred up to speak to your soul today to say, who's driving? What is driving your heart today? What is driving your heart? You see, because there are good drivers and there are bad drivers. I feel that for some people in this room, fear and anxiety have been driving your heart. I think in this room, there are people who have got anxious about things. Fear has got into the driving seat. Fear has got a hold of the steering wheel. And fear is making some of your decisions for you. I want to speak to your soul today and say this to you. Fear is a terrible driver. Fear is a terrible driver. You see, fear will take your mind to places that you never ever wanted to go. Anxiety will take your imaginations, will take your dreams, will take your thoughts down alleyways that you never intended to go down. And it's like, oh man, some of you know what I'm talking about. We get anxious and we get fearful. There's somebody in the room and you've been struggling with sleep. You've not been able to sleep properly and you're going over it and over it in your mind and your imaginations begin to get bigger and greater and you think about what they'll say and you think about what might happen and you think, oh, and it begins to become such a driver in your life. And I know because, you know, I've got a great son I, I, I've got a great daughter and my son's been through like a few bits and pieces. And, 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 and I, you know, your pastor didn't know I was going to say this, but I think it was either the last time I was here or the time before. Jordan, my son, was going through a bit of stuff and and I was getting in a lot of turmoil. And I actually asked your pastor to pray for me. And I remember him praying for me. You see, what I speak into my soul is at Mark... Do not parent from a place of fear. Do not parent from a place of fear. We can, we can start to make decisions and we can make choices that are driven by fear. Be, I, I want my son to flourish. I want my son to do well. But in that becomes this anxiety and fear. I don't want to have a parenting skill from fear. I want to parent from a place of faith. I I want you to think about some of the relationships in in your workplace and in your situations where, you know, you can think, do you know what? I'm being driven by fear here. It's fear that has got hold of the steering wheel. It's fear that is making the choices are we going right are we going left fear is making those calls and we don't want to live from a place of fear we want to live from a place of faith and it's like wow god help us help us god um i i i used to be um Kind of like running large youth events and preaching at lots of big events, and I, and I was doing one a few years ago where I was like the top guy, and there was about a thousand young people. I was running the event, and also I was preaching at it. And everyone that saw me on the stage saw this young guy full of confidence, full of enthusiasm. I seemed to have it together. I was so kind of bold and, and on the stage, people laughing and clapping. And, and yet my wife, she was the only one that saw like, me lying on the floor at night in this room, curled up like a baby, shaking. Because my dreams and my imaginations, my thought life it had started with, what if one of the young people get hurt and I'm responsible and then, and then it started to build into this thing about what happens if one of the youth groups have an accident. And then all these dreams and imaginations begin to captivate me. And I can't sleep. And I'm like a little baby shaking on the floor. And I'll never forget it because my wife, she said to me, she says, Mark, you, you've got like, to talk to someone about this. She goes, Mark, you need to get some prayer. And I want to tell you that I had to show a little bit of humility because that next evening I was preaching. People were loving it. And I stopped in the middle of my sermon and says, in a minute I'm going to come off the stage and I'm going to come to the front. And I want some young people to come and lay their hands on me and pray for me. And I'll never forget it because there I was at the front and these young people, one was 14, this lad 15, they came and they prayed over me. And as I stood, I received from God. And you know, at the end of this message, I'm going to ask some of you to maybe show a little bit of humility and kind of respond to God because God no longer wants fear to be driving your life. I was so glad that in that moment that young lad's praying for me, and I'm like, oh God, I I sense something is happening. There was a little defining moment, and the rest of that week I was able to sleep properly, and no longer was fear driving the agenda. And so, for you, friend, so for people in this room where anxiety has gripped us and anxiety has got us, and we're fretting and we're fearful. It's like, wow. See, maybe there's no one else like this, but I, I, I get to this thing where I, I've realized that I'm a bit of a ruminator, a ruminator in my mind. Let me say it like this. It's like my mind goes round and round in circles. I call it the tragic roundabout. Yeah, the tragic roundabout because I have thoughts that go round and round and round. And then I think about them again. And then I talk about them. I'm a talker. I talk to my wife about them. I talk to anyone. I talk to the guy at Starbucks about them. I'll talk to anyone about them. And then I'm writing them down in my journal. I'm writing them down in my journal. I'm talking about them. I'm writing about them. I'm thinking about them. And round and round and round. But you know, there is that moment where you've got to say, I'm getting off this roundabout. I'm getting off this roundabout. I no longer want to be driven by fear. But I want you, God, to do something awesome. You see, guys, I love the Bible because we've just read about love. We've read about God's love. And this is the deal, that in 1 John 4, 18, the Bible says this, Perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love drives out fear. Fear. You see, friend, the, the picture I want to leave you with is this. My, my son and me were driving along a little while ago and we both had a laugh because what happened is we saw this car and it was kind of like all over the lanes. It was all over the place. This car was being driven horribly and then suddenly it pulls in over the side and my son and me watched as this mom got out the passenger seat. And she marches round to the driver's seat and she opens the door and she hikes out this young lad, teenage son. And he kind of hikes out. She's like, get out. And she gets into the driver's seat and he has to walk the walk of shame. Yeah, as he kind of like walks round the car and gets into the passenger seat. And you know, it's a funny little picture, but it's a picture of what God is talking about here. Fear, fear is in the driving seat. But the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love, it comes and it says, you are no longer in the driving seat. You are no longer at the steering wheel. And it hikes it out. And fear has got to clear off. And God's love Becomes the driving force of our life. Faith and boldness and hope and peace. Become the driving forces of our life. And I honestly believe that there are some people in the room. And you know God's looking at you. And he's like saying you know you've allowed fear to drive for too long. And it's time even at the end. Today, I'm going to give an opportunity where I'm, all I'm simply going to ask you to do is to stand up where you are. And we're going to pray. And we're going to believe that for you, that perfect love is going to come. And it is going to hike fear out the driving seat. And you're going to be like, wow. Do you remember that day at the end of May when God, wow, did a really significant thing? Amen? Amen. See... God's love I love this what we've just read about the love of God love is patient love is kind God is love and he loves you but sometimes we misunderstand and misinterpret God's love you see I'm traveling all over the world and I'm talking to people about that God loves you and I can see that people they begin to get nervous so like what is this God wanting to do to me is is God wanting to turn me into a monk is God, you know, if I become a Christian, have I got to wear sandals for the rest of my life, yeah? Have I got to eat quiche for the rest of my life? It's like, you know, it's like we can misunderstand the, the, the purposes of God. I told you that we, we lived in Barnsley and, and my wife and me were youth pastors and we used to have um, youth events on a Friday night and it were always late and we, we would be getting home about 1 a.m. And we would be leaving the church and cleaning and tidying it all up and then getting the car, driving home. And our little journey, we had these little country roads to kind of navigate. It's 1 a.m. It's right in the middle of Yorkshire. It was before the days of mobile phones. Already young people just going, I do not know what you're talking about, yeah? (laughs) There was a time before mobile phones, yeah? And so we didn't have any phone. And uh, we were... Creeping around these lanes. And then we come around and we see this lady in this car. And she's on her own. The car's obviously faulty. She's pulled over at the side. She's looking a bit worried. And my wife says to me, Mark, you need to go and help. So we pull over and I get out the car and I start walking towards the car. I told you it's really late. She's in the car and she sees this guy coming towards her. And she starts to panic. Yeah, you can see she's thinking, oh man, what is this guy going to do? What is happening? And I think, oh, I, I need to be friendly. Um, so just to say, if you ever try to be friendly, don't do it because you've come over as a freak, yeah? And uh, what I did to try and be friendly was I slapped my face up against the car window and I went, hi like that, yeah? Now... Like that doesn't come over as friendly when you're a bit terrified, yeah? That comes over as he's Scottish, he's probably an alcoholic. So the thing is... so she did this movement that was so fast. It was like a ninja move. She kind of she put all the locks down in about three seconds. She was like,!" And I was like, "Oh man, and she's looking really scared. So I go back to my car and I'm like, Tamsin, this, this woman, she's scared. So Tamsin gets out of the car. She goes and she's like, no, he's lovely. He's lovely. And we were able to help to get this car back on the road. You see, today, God makes a move towards you. God makes a move towards you. And there are some people in the room and we're so quick to put the locks down. Well oh man, what's God going to do? What's... God only wants to do you good. God only wants to do you good. He wants to get you going again. He wants to get you back on the road. He wants you to live a great life. His only intention is to bless you and to make sure that you are going well. You see, I was in Australia. Um, a little while ago and I got the chance to go to the Gold Coast and I was there and I went into the sea and I'm like a decent swimmer but one of these waves just knocked me for sex and I felt like I was in a washing machine, I was upside down, I was thrown around and I was like wow and for about a few brief moments I honestly thought I was in trouble. And when I came out of the sea, I basically spoke to the lifeguard and the lifeguards were talking to me. And, you know, they were like saying how that in Australia, those seas have got the strongest currents and they can turn so quick. And that the eddies and the, the swell can be so strong that even experienced swimmers can very quickly struggle. And they talked about this young girl. Two weeks before I got there, there had been like this eight-year-old girl who'd been in the sea. She was Australian. She was a good swimmer. But they said that suddenly from nowhere, these waves came. And this wave knocked her for six. And she was absolutely all over the place. And they ran immediately from the hut down onto the beach into the sea because they saw she was struggling. But, the waves, the swell, the, the current had turned so quick <clears throat> that they could not get to her. So they talked about how they got the rescue can This rescue can is like a piece of flotation that they throw out and it's on a rope and the person grabs it and they pull them in. And they got the rescue can and they threw it to the girl. But you see, this little girl, she was all over the place. She was getting thrown around. She saw this bit of plastic, but she didn't grab it. And they said, she was going down and her eyes began to roll. And they're like, oh man, she's going to drown. And they were shouting and screaming. And they looked over and they saw this little girl's dad running on the beach, screaming and shouting, grab the thing, grab it. And this little girl, her head goes under the water, they thought for the last time. But when she came up, it was like a light bulb went on in her head. And she grabbed hold of that rescue can. And they were able to pull her in. And they said this amazing moment when the dad just grabbed the daughter and pulled him to his arms. And friend, I don't know where you're at right now. But you know, I know that some people in this room have drifted from God. And you know, I need to tell you that last night at 7 p.m., I had a few tears roll down my cheeks for somebody in this room. You've drifted from God. And God comes, the Father comes, and he throws his rescue plan out to you. His rescue line, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world, he gave his son that this this thing called the cross, friend, it is not the brand of the church. It's not just our badge. The cross is God's rescue line for your life and god throws his son jesus and maybe you're in this room and you don't fully get the cross and you don't understand everything that happened but you know that you're drifting from god you know that you are are are, are drifting away from his holiness and god's just called a Scottish guy to say to you today, would you grab hold of the cross? Would you get a hold of the cross and come through the cross and be found again in the arms of the Father? To be found again in the arms of the Father. That today, friend, God, He just wants you back where you belong. He wants you home in His arms. God, sent his son Jesus, that you can come through the cross to be found home in the arms of God. And at the end, in a few minutes, I'm going to give people the opportunity. And I don't want you, friend, wherever you're sitting, I don't want you to miss this moment. Because the tears that hit my desk last night were tears that were like, God, please don't let anyone drift away from you. Forever and ever without God. I wanted to kind of begin to finish this talk by saying, you know, I said about us not being driven by fear, but I wanted to talk about us living a life that is driven by compassion. Driven by compassion. The Bible says that Jesus was moved by compassion. That we would become people who are compassionate. That we're kind. I, I, I'm not fully he, here yet, but I, I'm thinking of coming off Twitter. Um, I, I've been on Twitter for quite a few years, but I've noticed that, that it's unkind. It feels like all the bully boys are in the Twitter world are, and they mouth off. You know, I I have no allegiance to any party. Please do not think that for a second. But my wife and me, we did look at our leader. And when she wept, you know, there was a move in her heart that, you know, she's tried her best. And whatever your allegiance is, she's tried and she's crying there. and, And yet so many people are quick to be harsh and horrible. And unkind that we will become people that are kind you know like this is not deep revelation from Hebrews this is just like flipping egg. just be a kind person do you know what I'm saying yeah. that we would just become kind people yeah. Yeah. that I will just become somebody that just maybe shares a kind word Maybe I will just like my wife on Thursday. She went with a woman who is a um, 37 year old woman who's possibly going to have her baby taken off her. And this woman, let me tell you, whoa, she can shout and she's got anger management issues and she gives it. And my wife was there trying to just keep a calm so that, like, she didn't mess it up in the courtroom. And, and it was a tough day, you know, when your wife comes home and she's like, that's been hard. But I just looked at her in the eye and I said, Tamsin, today you have been a kind person. You've shown some kindness. And it was that we would become people who are just full of compassion, that we would be full of, of kindness, that we would be people that like do other people good. Do you know what I'm saying? There's plenty of people around that once you've spent two minutes with them, you literally want to throw yourself out a window, yeah? Have you met those? Maybe it's just me that makes them, yeah? Once I've preached, I see someone coming towards me, and I know they're going to say, oh, brother, you know I love you, yeah? Anyone that starts a sentence with, you know I love you, you know the next part of the sentence is going to be very harsh, yeah? She's like, you know I love you. Do you know what I do now? You know I love you. Thanks. And I just go, yeah. (laughs) Don't listen to the next bit. I have met so many Christians that like love a soapbox. They love to get on that soapbox. And they love to tell the world how dirty and filthy and horrible they are. They love to tell other people how they shouldn't be watching Game of Thrones. They love to tell people all the kind of stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And yet I feel God's asked us to carry the smile of God. To carry his grace. To carry his goodness. That when people meet you, they go away thinking, I'm glad I had that conversation. That person's just done me good. I want to be someone that when you've met Mark Ritchie, you've got a bit of a bounce in your step. I want to be somebody when when they meet me, I'm actually like a gracious, kind person. I, I just want to help someone. I just want to, you know what I mean? I was in Asda yesterday. Wow, minister in Asda, scandal. And uh, I was in Asda yesterday and I was waiting and it was a few minutes wait and the guy in front of me, oh, when she arrived to help us with our fish, she was, this guy was giving it belters and moaning his head off about how long he'd been waiting. It was about four minutes, yeah? And he was giving it some and then off he went. And then it was me. And I just says, can I just say, I think you're doing an amazing job. And I'm pretty sure you've got a lot of people to serve. And I want to thank you for working hard. She looked up. Do you know what I mean? She's like, whoa, whoa, what is this language? I've never heard this before. Just want to become kind people. Is this resonating? That we would be people that would be driven by compassion. That we would be driven by God's love that we'll maybe just chat to someone that everybody else has like got no time for. We take a minute, yeah. And I've I've spoken to God and I've asked God and God's stirring me up about taking the cross, taking the message of the gospel to the place that it's least expected. To take it to the place where no one else wants to go. To take it to the place where no one else wants to take it. I am, last year, praise God, my diary is it's really busy and, 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 I, and I really thank God for that. And we're looking like it's like a year in advance before you can book me and it's all very exciting. But last year, I got these two emails on the same day. Two emails wanting me on this particular weekend. One of them was in Belfast and one of them was in Burgess Hill. The one in Burgess Hill was like a lovely church and they look after me. They've got an amazing green room. Such good food in the green room, and they look after you, and it's a lovely Sunday. And that wow! And then this invite to Belfast was a pub in East Belfast, and it says, We want you to do your show, but we want you to know that when you start talking about Jesus, someone might headbutt you in the face. (laughs) That is not an alluring email, do you know what I'm saying? and I'm reading this I'm reading the Belfast email you're going to get up you're going to talk about Jesus you need to know this is one of the roughest pubs in Belfast I'm reading all of this this is all we've had we've often the police have to come and sort stuff out in this pub in Belfast and then I've got this lovely Burgess Hill church and I just felt the Lord leaning me towards the church yeah I felt him. I felt him nudge me that way, and I said to my guy in the office, Kieran. I said, Kieran, um, say yes to Borges Hill, and uh, I don't think I can manage that pub in Belfast. And that was it. And off I went for my day, and I was all around doing different things. And God speaking to me all day, and God saying, "Go to the pub in Belfast." And I'm like, "You go to the pub in Belfast. I'm are going. You go." No damn ah God's speaking to me, God's speaking to me. And about four o'clock I get into the office and I says, Karen, you need to I says, I'm not going to Burgess Hill Church. I need, you need to say yes to this pub in Belfast. And he's like, But Mark, financially I says, No, 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 God said it. We can't mess with that. We've got to go. And I went. And it would be amazing if I could say before you know, I got up in that pub and there were guys there going is that angels I can see around them yeah what are those guys with the big swords behind them who's that that is not what happened yeah I was in that pub in Belfast and when I got to the bit about Jesus about 10 guys went up and went to the toilet at the same time yeah I mean, Billy Graham used to talk about Jesus he used to get up and come to the front when I talk about Jesus they get up and go to the toilet so, ah, but you know, we were able to communicate the message of Jesus. And we had some great conversations in that pub after. And I just want to be somebody that's moved by compassion. I want to be someone that is driven to the places everyone else is trying to get away from. I want to be that guy that like, wow, I want to be moved. And, and, and at the end today, I just want to say this, that I've got these cards And these are prayer cards. And we're getting, I'm getting so many opportunities to take my one-man show into universities, into nightclubs, into pubs, and into theaters. And I'm being totally up front with you, church. I'm feeling a bit exposed. I'm up there, I'm talking about Jesus. There's no keyboard player playing. There's no band getting up behind me when it comes to the appeal. I'm up there on my own and I'm feeling exposed. And God's just challenged me to, 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 to just to have some of these cards that maybe somebody in this room will say, Mark, do you know what? I, I'll pray for you. And if you get hold of one of these cards, we send out a prayer email every Thursday and maybe you could grab one and say, do you know what? I'm, I, I, I'm going to pray for you, Mark, and I'll hear about where you are and I'll, I'll give it up to God. You see, we want to be moved by compassion. And we've got this show tonight Bob's not my uncle. It's going to be loads of fun. It's going to be daft and silly. It was at the Edinburgh Fringe, and I got one of those Fringe reviewers come and see it and said, "Mm, it was quite funny. Uh, Didn't like the bit about Jesus, but it was quite funny. Uh, And it's a lot of fun. But the whole drive behind it is that we get to bring the message of the cross And that people get to hear it. Maybe this night, this afternoon, you could text someone. Maybe you could give a little cheeky phone call. Maybe you could send an email. You could speak to your neighbor and just bring your world. Maybe you were not thinking of coming, but would you come and just be people in the room to fill the atmosphere with laughter so that we can see people come home to Father God. We want to be moved by compassion and I'm nearly finished, and I don't know if the the keyboard player is able to come and help me. I um, Recently, uh, I was in this big church, and uh, halfway through my sermon, the keyboard player just got up and started playing. And I turned to him, and I says, oh, oh, does that mean wrap up, brother? Yeah, that means finish, yeah? That means get done. And he's kind of going, yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, he's just playing like that. And I says, oh, I says, 'Cause because my wife's bought one at home and she's got a keyboard. And when I start telling my story, she's like, okay, that's enough, yeah. (laughs) She starts playing it in the front room. Yeah, I think we've had enough from you. Yeah, yeah. So, no, thank you. You're a great man. God bless you, yeah. I think he feels a little bit like the focus is all on him now, yeah. But let's not keep drawing attention to him, yeah. Let's move away from him. No, let's stay a couple more minutes. There you go. No, I'm just joking yay yeah, Dave Dave but you know this is how I wanted to finish and I said I, I want us to be driven by compassion and I say you know my, my son came into our front room a little while ago and when he came in he, he saw me on the floor and I was sobbing he says dad what, what's happening what's up and I'd just been watching about Grenfell Tower And i had seen this video, many of you know, about that block of flats that went up in flames and people lost their life. And the camera zoomed in on this little group and they got those survival blankets on you know those foil blankets they'd got them and they were in this huddle and you could see they were animated and they were agitated and they were all talking to each other and you could easily understand that they'd just been rescued they'd just been saved a fireman had pulled them out of their room and there they are in this huddle talking to each other but then the camera pulled back and you saw that the flats we're still burning and people were still trying to get away and then suddenly in this huddle one of the guys stands up and he pulls off the blanket and he runs towards a building he runs where everyone else is trying to get away he runs to the building and he gets in and a few moments later you see him helping a fireman to help an old lady out the room and then a few more minutes and he's helping this old guy out of the flats and when the media caught up with him they said this why did you do it? and he said I realized that I have been rescued to see others rescued wow see friends I'm speaking to your soul for a minute and I'm saying this There are a lot of churches that are in a huddle. They're a little club. They've got the inside story. They've got, this is our little deal. They've got their survival blankets on. We're just clinging on, holding on till Jesus gets back. If that's church, I'm out. I don't want to be part of that. See friends, God is calling us as his compassionate people that we would rise up, that we would throw down our survival mentality and that we would run to the broken and the ruined and the disillusioned and the marginalized, that we would go to those who no one else will go to. We have been rescued to see others rescued. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could bow our heads in the presence of God God's presence has been so very real here. And I just want to give two opportunities for response. And this first one, I just want to say that I felt so strongly that there are people in the room. And you know when I was talking about you today, that you're drifting from God. And that God has thrown that lifeline out to you. And whatever you are in the room, what I'm going to simply do is I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And I'm going to ask that you pray it after me. Don't, don't say it out loud, but just pray it quietly in your heart. I'm going to say amen. And when I say amen, I'm going to ask us to keep our heads bowed. And I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer, then I want you to slip up your hand. And as you slip up your hand, that shows me today that you prayed that and you meant it. And Someone from the team is going to come and they will just stick something in your hand. And as they stick it in your hand, you just receive that and put it under your chair. But before we do that, I need you to know that God so loved you that he sent his Rescue plan, Jesus, for you. Please don't drift away from God now. This is a moment, but please grab hold of the cross. This is a prayer. Why don't you pray it right now? Dear God, thank you that you sent Jesus. I'm sorry for drifting away, but I come through the cross. I receive your forgiveness and I'm found back home in your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. As our head stays bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to slip up your hand and someone will come and put something in your hand. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's wonderful if the team are able to come and help. Just keep your hand up there until someone comes in. That is fantastic. Really great. That is really wonderful. Well done, team. So thankful people all around the room are responding right now. Fantastic. The team are coming as quick as they can. Thank you, Jesus, for people responding to you in this place. Thank you, Jesus, and people saying yes to you come through the cross. Thank you, Lord, people around the room making their peace with you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I want to thank you for your cross. The cross of Jesus Christ, our rescue plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, church, I'm going to hand back to the leaders in two minutes. So I don't really have a lot of time to mess Now, I'm simply going to ask you that if there are people, and even if you've already responded, that is cool. Do not feel worried about that. But there are people in the room, Christians on a journey. Maybe your first time that are like fear is driving. Anxiety has got the steering wheel. I'm simply in one moment going to ask you to stand where you are and I'm going to pray a powerful prayer that fear will be cast out because perfect love casts out fear and that we're going to allow love to come and be in the driving seat of our life. So friend, whatever you are, if you are like, yes, that is me. I need that prayer. Then wherever you are right now, I'm going to ask you right now in this building to stand where you are, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to say amen. That's great. Well done. That's good. That's good. Jesus. Holy God. Holy God. If you feel comfortable, Just put your hands out towards God. else to your love God that love would be the one that would drive us through this week that love would be the one that would absolutely make our decisions and would have a hold of the steering wheel in the name of Jesus in your powerful name amen God bless you grab your seat guys great to see you bless you now